and away to the races is Rick Rippin. He's got a break, spins around. Hornichuk scores! Welcome to the second half of the People's Show here on Sportsnet 650. You heard the goal there. 12 seasons in the show, former Vancouver Canuck. Darcy Hortichuk joins the show now. Darcy, thanks for doing this. How are you? Not too bad. I feel like it's false advertising. <laughs> he shoots, he scores. I got excited. I thought it was maybe the Sedin twins or Burroughs. Maybe he scored on that one. Come on. There was 20 of those. Uh, uh, a handful in <laughs> Vancouver. Well, my, my son reminds me every day in 600 games, I got 20 goals. So um, he doesn't, unfortunately, take any advice from me. So. But uh, I guess stats don't lie. Uh, so it's going to be a really special night here in uh, Rogers Arena as uh, the, the, the franchise gets ready to uh, celebrate Roberto Luongo. And we've had this opportunity to talk to you know, former teammates. Um, you came in at the same time, you know, like, like that era. Um, what was you know, so, so interesting about coming to Vancouver with, with Luongo here already? Yeah, you know what? I got a chance to play with Louie actually in Florida as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that year he broke the record for the most shots against and he got an award, and we knew that uh, even though we got outshot by 50 shots in a game, we'd probably win 2-1 because he was just such an incredible goalie, and and then to get a chance to play with him in Vancouver, you know, he uh, he's such an athlete and just a great human being, and, uh, you know, uh, he deserves every bit of this, the ring of honor, and uh, I'm so excited that they're honoring him, and uh, and this is exactly what it's about, leaving a legacy. You know, I was saying off the top of the show, just as fans, right, there, there was that era for Canucks hockey where, you know, th- like there was the lockout and even just momentum for fandom in general for hockey, you know, felt like it, it, it was a bit stunted. And then here comes Luongo in. And for fans, you know, for myself, it was always, okay, I'm, I'm tuning in tonight and it feels like the Canucks can win a game. We hear so much from players of, of that ability of have a good goalie back there. Um, you know, from our perspective to, to a player's perspective, what does that mean when, when it feels like every time you step on the ice, you can win? Yeah, I mean, you look at playoffs, you know, it's who's the hottest goalie, and that's what it kind of comes down to, you know, and, and that's exactly like uh, having a guy like Lou back there. You know you could take a couple extra chances. You know, you know you can all, you know, obviously make some mistakes, and uh, the team's just confident going in every game, knowing that, you know, you have a chance to win. And uh, what it does for the morale of the team is, is, is incredible. And, uh, you know, if we didn't run into hook, you know, Chicago, who had that incredible run with Bufflin in front of the net and being able to, you know, get the best of us, I think, uh, you know, Vancouver could have had a Stanley Cup as well. What stands out for you when I mentioned the name Roberto Luongo? Is it something on the ice? Is it something off the ice that, that you always think of? Yeah, you know, I think it's both. I mean, he's just, he's such a great human being and, and he's just a, he's a, you know, a family man and he just loves the game. And, uh, you know, I just think, uh, you know, Louie was just one of those guys that was just so calm and just kind of kept everybody in the locker room accountable and, you know, wasn't afraid, afraid to kind of speak his mind and just be like, hey boys, like we're in this one. And, uh, you know, he was, he was always able to kind of get the boys to rally. And, uh, you know, I just think he, he's just a great human being and, uh, you know, he'll always be remembered as one of the the best goalies in the NHL. Uh, that level of accountability. Look, we've heard the story so much, and, and even f- your former teammates have mentioned so many stories of, of things that were uh, uh, competitive venues, whether it was on the plane, whatever it was, card games, whatever it was. Uh, does that, com- that that accountability come with like the, the competitive nature of the team overall? Oh, yeah. No, it didn't matter if we are in the back of the plane playing, playing poker or uh, – 
you know, if it was uh, on the ice, Lou was one of those guys that, uh, you know, was always kind of, hey, listen, here's what's going to go down and here's this and he'd get pissed off if he lost. And, uh, you know, I think the only win I got against Lou is when I bought his G500 for about 20000 underneath the value of what it was worth because I said, Lou, like, you don't want some crazy fans coming to your house and looking at this vehicle. And uh, so that's the only, I think, win I've ever got against him. But uh, he he was one of those guys. He knew how to count cards, and he uh, was just a genius when it came to poker. And I think he's probably still playing poker to this day because I know he uh, he just enjoyed the, the game and the challenge and the thinking. And um, it's it's pretty incredible to see, you know, what he's done off the ice and on the ice. We've had conflicting reports of, of who the best pl- card player was on that team. <laughs> um, can you be an impartial third party here and, and, and maybe well, provide some, some, some insight into this? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the reality. It's uh, when you had 60 million in the bank and you're going up against me that uh, all you have to do is just raise an extra hundred dollars. And I was folding all the time. So I think Lou played like uh, money wasn't a, an option. And uh, uh, he always kind of got the best of us boys in the back, but uh Kevin Bieksa was another great card player. The Sedin twins were always awesome. Um, but I think the Sedin twins had more uh, success betting on ponies than uh, actually playing poker. Hey, look, you won with the vehicle, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, uh, was a, that was a fun win. What was it like uh, departing the team, um, knowing that, that, like, I'm sure you, you probably, you know, through two seasons here, like, hey, man, this team's on the precipice and everything like that, and, and just seeing that kind of breakthrough, like, could you see it coming? Uh, you know what? Um, I think, like, anything, right? Everything, all good things come to an end, but uh, now, like, looking back, I don't know if I appreciate it as much as I did when I played there. Like, everything was first class from the locker room to the management. Uh, Gillis treated us incredible. The chefs were incredible. Um, but just, you know, what sticks with me is just like the, the humans on that team. I still keep in touch with Kevin Bieksa time and Mason Raymond and Burroughs and Garrison and, you know, the whole crew of guys, it was just such a fun team and such a great group of guys. And, you know, you kind of talk to all the fans and people and they're like, man, you guys had such an incredible run that year and such a fun team. And I feel like, this year's team is kind of experiencing what we got to go through back in those days where, you know, every game you came to the rink, you know, you had a chance to win. And, uh, you know, I think Rick Tockett's done a great job. I just came up there for that Alzheimer's charity event and he was super stoked to see how the team was performing. And, um, you know, that's what it's about at the end of the day is trying to get the W's however you get it, but it all starts with camaraderie in the locker room and, you know, getting the guys to believe and having fun with each other and, when you get that mixture of, you know, success in the locker room and on the ice, uh, it's a it's a fun city to play in. I, I think a lot of people would, would echo that. You know, looking back at those teams, it, it felt like it breathed through the locker room into the fan base that there were such good personalities uh, amongst the group, and it, it showed like a certain level of friendship between everyone. You know, what creates that? Is that just team success? Is that just the right mix of personalities? What is it to you? Yeah, I know. I think it's a, it comes down to the GM doing the research on players and just trying to get that right mix of guys. And, and I think the other thing is just having the right leaders. Like, uh, you know, how can you not succeed when you had a guy like Roberto Luongo? You know, I think he was the first captain as a goalie, you know, when I was playing. And then you have the Sedin twins, and then you add in Kevin Bieksa and Willie Mitchell. And, you know, it was just it's guys that really, you know, would lead on the ice. And it wasn't so much telling us what to do. It's just you know, after the game, you knew the hardest working guys were those guys. So um, you kind of had to, you know, follow suit. And 
when you do that and you, you follow the leaders, uh, you know, you're automatically going to have success. But I think it was just the right, com- you know, combination of personalities. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you look at the Phoenix Coyotes here, that's exactly what Bill Armstrong's trying to do is just get the right personalities. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much skill you have on the ice. If the guys aren't meshing away from the rink, um, none of it matters. Uh, we always focus on, on, on like the serious side of it and, and you know, teams making sure they're accountable and all that sort of stuff. Uh, is there a fun memory that always stands out for you of, of the interactions with Luongo in the locker room? Oh, yeah. Like me and like Lou would try to boss me around, but I didn't give a crap because I'd just be like, Lou, I don't think he ever actually tried to save one of my pucks. It was so bad because he's like, Horty, you hit me in the helmet like four times in pregame. And I'm like, Lou, I'm trying to control my shot. He would just stand to the side. And then on purpose, I would just, I knew he would stand on the side of the net and give me an open net. I'd try to fire it at him. So we kind of had this big brother, you know, younger brother mentality. And uh, all the guys, I think it kept everybody loose. And, you know, I remember we were in the, you know, back of the plane pig playing poker. And Lou would try to obviously say, hey, listen, here's the rules. And this is the way it is. And I'm like, Lou, how much did you put in, you know, for poker? And he's like, a hundred bucks. And I'm like, Burr, how much did you put in? He's like, a hundred bucks. And I'd go around the table and I'm like, I put in a hundred bucks. How come Lou makes all the rules? Like, why is it his table? Like, and you know, guys would love it. They're like, good job. Like as soon as I'd walk away, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to him. Give it to him. Nobody wanted to give it to Lou. I had nothing to lose because I knew I always had a job. There's only, uh, you know, one guy that would always fight and, uh, you know, but I think eventually he got me traded. <laughs> uh, before they go here, uh, text from a listener. Uh, people want to know what, it, whatever happened to the car. Um, you know what? I actually uh, drove it for a year, and I realized when the uh, window button doesn't work, it's about $1,900 to fix. And my wife was like, you know what? It's raining all the time. You know, when you open the back of the car, it never went up. It went up, It kind of opened. And, um, you know, I think I made about 25000 bucks in that car, flipped it, took it to the United States, got it changed over, drove it for a year, and uh, made some money on it. So, you know what? It's all about... Uh, who you know, and uh, having the right people that want to buy something like that. So my kid doesn't believe that I ever had a G500 to this day, but, um, you know, I always tell him, hey, Louie was a good man and did uh, let your dad, uh, uh, you know, be able to afford one of those things. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Darcy, we really appreciate it. Uh, have fun, and I hope you tune in and enjoy the night. Awesome. Thanks again. That's Congrats, a Lou. long time NHLer. Former Vancouver Canuck Darcy Hordachuk joining us here on the People's Show, uh, and yeah, a lot of thoughts of legendary story, obviously, uh, with the vehicle there uh, here in uh, Vancouver. Elon, what about you? What about uh, some memories that always stand out for you uh, with with Roberto Luongo? Well, somebody said it earlier. I was one of those guys. You you play hockey in the house. Your parents mm-hmm. are yelling at you. You know, you're roughing up the hardwood floors. After every Canucks game, watching the Wongo, I would put on my little pads I had from Sportcheck, and I'd try and do the butterfly like Lou does. That's probably why I'm walking around the office in pain all the time. Because we're not Luongo, as we saw, <laughs> but he influenced me in, in kind of just playing around the house, playing for fun, floor hockey, in kind of a different goalie style that you don't see so often. Uh, yeah, this one, uh, when I was in grade 6-7, during, uh, during Luongo's prime, he used to play a net. My friend's backyard. Love the feeling of making that windmill glove save. 
650 keep coming in with your thoughts. And Robin Richmond, how can a guy that averaged 35 wins a season, including 47, not has not have his jersey up in the rafters? I get it. Uh, Kirk McLean's also a great, but not to the extent that record-breaking Luongo was. Lifelong Canuck fan, but I'm sorry. Luongo in the rafters, Kirk in the ring of honor, Rob in Richmond, texting in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. That debate will rage on. It will continue, I'm sure. You know, I made the point when the announcement was made. You retired Pavel Bure's number. You certainly can put Luongo's number. Any of the same arguments that exist uh, with Bure certainly exist with Roberto Luongo, one of the most exciting players. It's a different position. It's hard to be as exciting as a skater with that you know whirlwind of speed and scoring goals. But no one's going to say Roberto Luongo wasn't exciting, uh, exceptionally dominant. And it's just a different level of excitement. Right when you think you're at your lowest, a, a despairing moment, a goal against, out came a glove, out came a pad, out came something. And uh, Roberto Luongo was there for eight seasons for the Vancouver Canucks. Certainly uh, one of the more exciting players we've seen here in Vancouver. I'm with Rob, with a lot of people. Uh, once you break that precedent of like, Burray's number's up there, certainly felt like Roberto Luongo number should go up there as well. I uh, want to get to a couple more things. Some people texting in about the game tonight. Puck drop, 7.30. We'll, we'll have everything for you as well uh, coming up on the show this evening. But before that, tomorrow is a big day here at uh, Rogers Radio uh, with our friends over at Jack City News, Sonic as well, uh, and Sportsnet. Uh, it's Food Bank Friday, getting ready for the holidays. It's one of our biggest days of the year. Tomorrow is the big donation day, but we just want to let you know Get prepared for uh, this tomorrow. Uh, you can text an emoji to 30333 tomorrow at, uh, as soon as you wake up, a carrot emoji, banana emoji, or a heart emoji uh, donates 5 10 or $25. Uh, it would be massive. It is, again, a huge day for us supporting the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. They do so much. So many volunteers do some great work. Last year we raised 81000 We're trying to get to 100000 this year. They support so many people, like 16,000 people monthly across uh, all the areas, Vancouver, New West, Burnaby, North Shore, everything. Um, about 750 new clients each month as well. So it goes a long way. Also, big shout out to two anonymous donors who will match dollar for dollar up to the first $50,000. So that means tomorrow uh, your impact for donating will be at least $4 for every dollar uh, that you donate with the Greater Vancouver buying, Greater Vancouver Food Bank buying power as well. So big shout out to those two anonymous donors and you. A, a pre shout out to you uh, for helping us tomorrow uh, with you know the food bank who does so much to distribute healthy food fo- uh, and to to those in need and their buying power helps go a long way as well. So tomorrow's gonna be a massive day. Hoping to raise hundred thousand dollars. Get ready for that. You can also. Uh, uh, help via the uh, online portal as well. I have more details up on our if, – if you go to Twitter, if you go to Instagram, wherever. We have details on our Sportsnet 650 page as well with the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. You can do- donate online as well. So uh, start doing that online uh, over at uh, – get all the details on the links at our social media pages. All right, 650, 650. Uh, thoughts on the game tonight. Pew Suter going back in. Uh, which I think will be a massive boost. Nils Oman, uh, the one that's uh, coming out. 
bit of a surprise for me. You know, the minute usage here recently for Oman has been slipped. But I, w- I thought, you know, maybe does he go Suter? Does he go right back in at sender? Uh, and is it PDG that comes out? But Suter with Kuzmenko and PDG, an opportunity there for Andre Kuzmenko because it's not as if um, Pew Suter can't be offensively productive. And this one from Gary. Uh, do you believe Kuzmenko still in the fourth line? Trade sooner than later. Obviously, he isn't in the plans. He, he he is in the plans, I would say, by and large. This is the first hiccup, really. You know, there, there's been moments, you know, Boudreaux scratched and, and a couple of things here and there. But this is really like he had a 39-goal season last year. This is like the, the prolonged slump. Now, he scored last game. But this is, to me, is the first true, oh, man, we, we might have hit a roadblock here with Andre Kuzmenko. And if it's the first one, I think you have to be willing to overcome. Still got to play this out. The The immediate reaction is, oh, well, just move them. There, there's steps to get to until then. They're taking them, and they feel extensive because here's this new player, and he's not a young player, but it, you know, last year was his first year in the league. That grace period hasn't really been extended to Andre Kuzmenko because he's not a 20-year-old player. They've mentioned repeatedly, you know, second year in the NHL and still learning through it all. He's not a young player at all, but certainly uh, going through his trials and tribulations here on this. I It just feels harsh to, to already get down to the, the oh, you got to trade Andre Kuzmenko resolution. There's, there's, there's steps to go through here uh, in this. 650, 650. Uh, did I say something incorrect? Here's a, this one. Where did you learn how to do math? I think I got my math correct. Oh, the the buying power. No, no, that that's the Greater Vancouver Food Bank's buying power. I imagine is what you're referencing to. Uh, so big shout out to those do- donors who are helping out along with that. That's where it goes for the person that is uh, questioning uh, where I learned to do math. It's the two to one with the buying power, two anonymous donors plus your donation. That's how it adds up. I imagine that's what you're referencing to. So thank you for the text. Always keeping us accountable here in the inbox. Uh, this one, Chef Swagger. People have given up on Kuzmenko so fast. He's in his second year. People have had a chance to study him, get used to him. Now he needs to learn the system and play better defensively. Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. Back in Andre Kuzmenko. And I think for the, the relief even from Andre Kuzmenko scoring that goal against Tampa Bay, the emotion even in the crowd of saying like, there's still going to be a lot of support for a guy who can score that many goals, uh, giving him another chance. He'll get another chance in the top six, too. That's the thing. Like, the Lafferty experiment will end at some point. You can't have you can't have over $10 million on your bottom six lines. That'll switch at some point. Lafferty will go down because Michael will go back up. Maybe before the end of the year, maybe not. He's having a success, obviously, but the production will dry up at some point and Andre Kuzmenko will get his next opportunity. Again, this is his first big slump. Does he not get a chance to reclaim his spot? 650, 650, Johnny Mack with the Canucks blowing the league away in goal differential, elite player points performance and goaltending prowess. If they beat Florida tonight, can you call them a legitimate contender? No, still not. Here's the thing, Johnny, like you're right in all the things that you mentioned. I don't think there's any one performance that's going to do it for you. 
there's this urge to like put a label on everything. Just just let them all breathe. Just let them all breathe. Certain stages in the season, like we'll, we'll reanalyze that you know, post All Star break deadline and start looking at it. And I, there's still t- too much work to do. Like Jim Rutherford is coming out with this, like, hey, it's still some things they want to do. Uh, it, it's still a bit of a process to get there. Yeah, and Bick, why does there have to be one game that makes him a contender? It's the accumulation of all the games, maybe half the season, right, that we can say, okay, they're a contender, but there's not going to be one game that's going to blow us away. It's it's 2023, man. It's it's the demand for for to feel the satisfaction of knowing what's next to come. It's 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 changed our realities a little bit and saying this is the one that does it. Enjoy the journey a little bit, I would say. The journey of the the building blocks to get to the stage that you're talking about, Johnny, it, it'll be there. It, it'll happen over time. If you just honestly looked at it and say, like, how many top-line players do they have? How many? Because you need a lot. You need more. And this team is still working through that process. Look, they have a puncher's chance come playoff time. Maybe they make an upset and something like that. A puncher's chance, but is... This the true window opening opportunity. Now that's what I was referencing. Like Rutherford mentioned, you know, is the window there with the players in a certain age? But if the window's open, that means they want to acquire more players. So that step needs to still happen. If they go acquire more top line talent, then suddenly we can change the conversation. But with this group, is this the the oh now they're contenders moment? I'm still not sure. Still not sure if we are there. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Yeah, it's called instant gratification demand for perfection yeah it's and and by the way like there should be a demand but i don't know if you can say like any one result is the one that makes it the perfect the 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 perfect moment that's the difference uh 650 650 uh people are still questioning my math i'm telling you my, my math is not wrong on this we'll better explain it tomorrow maybe but i'm telling you my math is not wrong on this uh, all right, 650, 650. Uh, this one, Canucks fans need to relax because Michael is learning, and he scored 44 goals in 109 games. We need to chill. We are very fortunate that's uh, a fourth line that can score. All right, a lot more coming up on the show today. A lot, many more, you know, Luongo thoughts. You'll hear plenty uh, from now until the end of the night. I'll be back. I should quit a bit here. I thought I was leaving. Uh, I'm sticking around for uh, the Canucks Central Roundtable with Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw. I'll be back later tonight. Intermissions and post game with Sat. Also, big shout out to Corey, who is our winner for AEW tickets. That is, uh, again, tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster. I think we have one more pair to give away tomorrow. So, Corey was our latest winner. Big shout out. Uh, another chance tomorrow here on the People's Show. A lot more on the way. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw coming up here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.